You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 434, From Writer to Author, Part 2. So last week we started this, uh, this series um, really taking people who are good at writing and helping them become authors. And you say, well, I, I want to be an author, but I'm not really good at writing. Well, then probably want to get started. Um, you know, anybody can do anything if they're willing to put in the time the effort, the, the, the sweat, and, and make it happen. So we talked last week about nonfiction. Uh, what do you want to teach somebody? Uh, do you want to tell us your story, your memoirs? Maybe you overcame an addiction or you went through trauma or you were in the military, uh, whatever. So people are fascinated by stories. So what is your story? We would love to hear it. Um, and that's what nonfiction is. When you look at nonfiction, you see biographies, you see autobiographies. I wrote two um, uh, nonfiction books that were my memoirs, Street Cop and Street Cop 2 Reloaded. I also wrote several nonfiction books, uh, one on leadership and then several biblical studies or Bible handbooks uh, because I wanted to teach somebody something. So so there's a lot of different ways we can go with nonfiction, and it's good to, to, to kind of ask um, at the very beginning, do you want to do fiction or nonfiction? And so, so we talked about that last week, and really to get started, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is you have to set a goal. You'll never start as an author if you just have this idea in your head, well, I think I'd like to write a book someday. That will never accomplish anything. If you want to write a book someday, then you need to set a goal and say, I'm going to start writing. I'm going to write X amount every week, maybe five hours, maybe it's eight hours, maybe it's 10 or 12 hours, depending on how much time you have. I'm going to write X number of hours a week. And my goal is to have my first manuscript done in three months or four months. Or you say, I want to have this book ready to publish in the next six to eight months. Those are all attainable goals. I've done them. Other writers have done them, but you have to get started and you have to have a goal. Today, we're going to jump in and talk about fiction. What is the story that you want to tell? And then, how do you tell that story? Listen, there's a reason that Hollywood is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Stories resonate with people. We love seeing the good guy win and the bad guy get what's coming to them. We love seeing the, the romantic comedy where the boy meets girl and then 
they start dating, and then they break up, and then ultimately they get back together. We like happy endings, even if it's sappy. It's the same in TV shows. There's a formula that they use, and the reason they use the formula is because it's successful and people love it. Now listen to this quote. This is uh, from James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, and he, he writes a great newsletter as well. He says, many people assume they are bad at writing because it's hard. Well, this is like assuming that you are bad at weightlifting because the weight is heavy. Writing is useful because it's hard. It's the effort that goes into writing a clear sentence that leads to better thinking. And this is just as true in nonfiction as it is in fiction. We, we don't write because we think it's hard. But the fact is, if you're willing to get started and you're willing to set the goal that we talked about, what you'll find is it will become easier and you will eventually be holding a book that you had published. Speaking of great stories, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my series. It's a six-book series called the Zombie Terror War Series. Listen, you may not like zombies. Check out this series anyway because I think you would love it. I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me, well, I wasn't really into zombie stuff, but I read your, your, your series on zombies and I fell in love with it. Your characters were great. The action was unrelenting. Um, there was some humor. There was some romance. I just loved your series. Uh, this is still my best-selling series. You know, in in the world of independent publishing, and I've used publishers before, but this, this series is independently published. Um, I have, on, on the first book alone, I have over 120 ratings and reviews. That's, that, if, if you're not familiar with how publishing works, that is a crazy, crazy high number uh, because most people don't take the time to review or rate books. So when you look at, at, at uh, When the Future Ended, which is book one of the Zombie Terror War series, and you see this number of reviews and ratings, it lets you know that it's resonating with people. And each book in the series has so many um, great reviews because people are loving the book. So check them out. Click on the link. You can read part of it for free. See if you'd like it. And then by all means, buy the series because I know you will love it. Okay, we're talking about writing fiction. And what I want to do is I want to give you the elements of a great story. And we're just going to touch briefly on each one, but it's enough to get you started. You can dig around on the internet. There's plenty of great information out there um, for you to find. But I want to talk about uh, these elements of a great story because if you get these right, you're going to tell a great story. Number one, characters. Create memorable characters. Well, how do you do that? Listen, there's nothing worse than reading a story or watching a movie and realizing you could care less about the main characters. You want to create characters that your audience, your readers can, 
can empathize with, that they can relate to. You want to create characters that your readers and your audience are cheering for. Uh, you want to create characters to where uh, people are, are are drawn in. You know, uh, part of writing fiction, especially the kind of fiction I write, is um, sometimes your characters get killed off. Uh, and there's been a couple of points where I've had to... Main characters, leading roles, have gotten killed. And I've had people furious with me whether in their reviews or people who I know who've written the books, and they come back and they say, I can't believe you did this. Well, what that told me was I did exactly the right thing because they were very invested in the character. So how do you do this? How do you create memorable characters? Well, they have to be relatable. They have to be people that your audience can relate to. One of the things I've done in, in my novels is my characters are really... Uh, composites of people that I've known, people that I've worked with over the years in the police department and other people that I've known. And um, and I pull from some of the, the these folks and maybe create one character from three. Uh, maybe I'll take three people that I know and maybe draw from some of their best um, personality traits and put them together. But whatever it is, make them real. Um, they can't always win. Uh, make them a real person. Uh, they can suffer a little bit. Uh, they should have a sense of humor. Um, but really, create characters that your audience is going to be drawn towards. Now, now I'm talking about good guys here, your protagonists. Your antagonists are just the opposite. You want to create characters with your antagonist that um, are interesting. You do want your audience to be drawn in and be fascinated by them. Um, but you also want to create this antagonist to where your audience is just waiting for them to get their just reward. So create memorable characters, because here's the reality. You can take um, average characters and put them in a really good story, and the story will suffer. Or you can take really good characters and put them into an average story, and the story is going to be elevated. So make sure you work hard, create great characters, because your audience will appreciate it. Number two, your plot. Your plot is what moves the story along. Your plot is where you're going with the story. I think a plot, when you draw it out on a piece of paper, it looks like a crazy roller coaster. Maybe a couple of small humps in the beginning, then a couple of maybe little straightways, and then you're working towards the climax, that really big hill on that roller coaster. And then after the really big hill, there might be several smaller ones as you work your way to the end of the story. But the plot, what is driving your characters along? What is making this story interesting. This is what people are wanting to read. Um, as you're working on your plot, as you're putting it together, um, ask yourself, um, is this something that I would want to read? Uh, what I find sometimes is I'll pick up a book and I'll start reading and I'm reading and I'm waiting and I'm waiting 
and nothing's happening. And if nothing has happened, it, you know, within the first couple of chapters, I'm getting bored. Well, so is your audience. So that's why we need to understand how plot works. We want to uh, create events that uh, our, our characters are involved in. Um, you know, one person put it like this. They said, every story is made up of characters and events. A story happens because a pattern is interrupted. If you're writing about a day that's like any other day, it's most likely just a routine, not a story. So if I'm just talking about Jerry getting up and going to work, eh, that's not that exciting. But if halfway through the day um, at Jerry's uh, furniture store where he's a manager, he's dealing with a, a, an irate customer and all of a sudden a car drives through the front glass, well, now I've got something kind of interesting going on. Why did that happen? And you've got the element of, you're, you're working out the element of plot. So we really do. We want to we wanna create this, this, this journey that your characters are going on. And it really is that, that roller coaster ride of kind of that up and down. And, and that is what draws people in. Another thing that's really important as we as we work on this story, as we as we create this plot, is we want to uh, create conflict in the story. Um, if you're writing a story about uh, you know somebody who's wanting to blow up the world, uh, if you're reading you know a James Bond novel that kind of thing, if you're writing something like that, well that's conflict. You've got to have somebody who's going to come and try and stop them from blowing up the world. If you're writing a romance and you've got a couple who are starting to date and they're starting to get serious, but now uh, an old flame of the boyfriend shows up and tries to woo him back, well, that's conflict. So conflict in a story is this struggle between opposing forces. They've, they've got to, The character's got to act to confront those forces and that's where the conflict is. If there's nothing to overcome, if there's no conflict, there's no story. Um, conflict makes it interesting, and it's what drives it forward. Now, give you a few few different types of conflict. Um, there is conflict with self. The person who's dealing with depression, the person who's dealing with they feel like they should be doing something with their life and they're still living in their parents' basement. Um, so there's that conflict with self, whatever that looks like. Maybe they're battling an addiction. Um, that's, that's fascinating when you have a character that's dealing with something like that. Conflict with others. Conflict with others. There's, the, there, there's that conflict between good and evil. Or maybe it's not even just good and evil. Maybe it's just relational conflict. Maybe it's um, workplace conflict, but it's still you're dealing with other people. Conflict with the environment. Um, Moby Dick, he, he, he's dealing with a whale. That's part of the environment. Jaws, um, great novel. I remember reading that and probably back in the 70s or 80s, Peter Benchley wrote um, this great thriller, uh, you know, about a great white shark. And so you're dealing with the environment. Um, Twister, the movie about uh, tornadoes that came out several years ago. Conflict with the environment. How do you overcome? Conflict with technology. 
Conflict with technology. You know, how do you deal with technology that goes astray? Terminator, that whole series um, of movies starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, fascinating study in conflict with technology. Uh, I think there's been several novels come out recently involving AI, artificial intelligence, and really interesting stuff, but there's that conflict with technology. And, of course, conflict with the, the supernatural. There's a lot of paranormal novels out there, um, ghosts and werewolves and vampires and, you know, you name it. But the paranormal with the supernatural is, is always interesting as well. In fact, um, as far as Christian fiction, Frank Peretti uh, wrote a book years ago called This Present Darkness, which is still, I think, one of the high marks of Christian fiction. It, it just really, you don't find many good Christian novels anymore. At least I don't. They're probably out there. Um, but I, I, it's just a fascinating story and, and really well written. So that's conflict. All right, we're still talking about, you know, creating a good story, um, elements of a good story. Well, what about setting? What's the setting? Well, this is the time, the place, and the environment where the story unfolds. Um, what, are you, what are you doing? Uh, where is your reader uh, going to be taken to? Uh, if you've read the, the Chronicles of Narnia series, it starts in World War II England. Uh, I think in 1940 is kind of the historical setting. And the characters are transported to a, uh, another world called Narnia. And so it's a fascinating uh, study in, in the way th uh, setting works. Um, but, but setting, uh, where is this book going to take place? Is it going to take place in a specific setting? Is it going to take place in New York City? Is it going to take place in Paris? Or is it going to take place in an, an, an imaginary uh, Midwestern town? That's fine. It's just got to be a good setting. Is it going to be set in uh, modern day or is it going to be a historical novel? Um, is it, uh, you know, when we're talking about the, the place, does it feel right? Um, what about the environment? Are, are, are you writing heavy fiction um, or is it light fiction? Uh, is there comedy? Is there banter? Or is everything heavy? You know, we've all read those books that are just, they, they, they they're almost oppressive. I, I'll give you a great example, and that was the um, the trilogy on The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit, uh, the first book uh, written by Tolkien about hobbits, was, was light. It was easy to read. I read it to my kids. But the trilogy was heavy. It was dark. It was great. It was fantastic. It's a classic, but it was also difficult, um, and, 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 and I wouldn't have never read it to the kids. So, when we're, when we're working on the setting, we want to make sure we get it right. We do that by doing research. Uh, one of my novels was set, uh, you know, I set my novels in different places, but uh, one of them was set on the University of Georgia campus. Um, the second novel, which was uh, The Darkest Part of the Night, I believe it was. And in this particular book, part of the action, in fact, almost half the book, uh, takes place on the University of Georgia campus, about an hour from where I live. And so I drove out there and spent a day driving around, walking around. I wanted to get it right. And um, 
you know, and I've actually had people come back and tell me who went to school there. They said, I knew exactly what you were talking about. It was so good. So, but obviously if you're setting a novel in, you know, in Europe, you may not be able to just hop on a plane and, and fly over there. So how can you get it right? And that involves research. Thank God for the internet, Google Maps, YouTube. But there's plenty of ways that we can get it right. So the the setting serves as the backdrop for everything that happens in the story. Um, you know, it's, there's no surprise that romance novels usually take place in a small, cozy town. Horror stories take place in isolated locations, like a Transylvanian castle or a, 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 a cabin hidden in the woods. So we want to get it right because our setting is going to make our story come alive. And then theme. You know, theme is something that I don't think too much about when I'm writing, but it is good to, to understand this idea of theme. What is the message you're trying to communicate? I mean, if you're think about Star Wars, it's obviously good versus evil. But what's the theme that you're trying to communicate? Um, you know, there's different types of themes. Um, and so it's good to kind of understand, you know, there's coming of age. That's a popular theme in so many works, uh, betrayal, um, love. I mean, love makes the world go round. I mean, when you're looking at a, you know, romantic comedy, that very likely is the theme. Or it could be a little darker. It could be the theme of betrayal. Uh, revenge could be a theme that you might be writing about. And sometimes these overlap but it's good to understand where you fall in the genre. So, so when we talk about um, this whole idea of, of creating a story, these things all go into it. It's, uh, it's no joke that when we are, are putting our story together, we're, we're using these things because they've been used so many times before. And it's okay to you know, break the rules. It's okay to play around with it. But if you'll take these five things and think about them, play with them, even take what I've said and get online and do some more research. There's plenty of great articles out there that can help you. But by all means, set a goal and get started writing. All right, well, I'm going to stop there. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got any questions or comments, by all means, leave a question in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you drop your email address in that little box up at the top right so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We will see you next week on Leading and Learning.